Everybody, happy Hanukkah. We are here. Um, I believe this is the third night because it's now sundown was officially 4.45 p.m. It's 4.51 p.m. I'm a little late to recording and gonna post a little bit late because I started this little study portion just before sundown um uh in the midst of this covid extravaganza my mic just kind of went out i think the receiver uh got a little tweaked and disconnected but i think we're doing good um i want to talk about i don't know uh how to explain this i'm doing this on the fly i literally just read this I was like, I know there's a part of the New Testament that talks about Hanukkah and Jesus. And I was like, let's dive into that and see if there's anything that kind of just automatically comes up. Now, I don't really like doing the whole like devil's advocate and question things and make people doubt and all that. But at the same time, if I have questions, I'm pretty sure other people do too. So there's some stuff that I was like, well, it's an eight day holiday. We're starting the third day tonight, so why not just dive into it and see what happens? So, um, I have some questions that I, I, they're literally just questions. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm bringing these things up to try to like cause some kind of drama or like make people feel like some kind of like irritation towards me or whatever um they're just questions i think they're i think they're decent questions in my opinion um so if you look in the bible i've got a new revised standard version bible that's my favorite version of the bible um in john which is the fourth book of the new testament the last gospel the order in the order of the last gospel i don't really know um consecutively like in what years they were written necessarily um and you can go into depth into studying the differences about the gospels what years they were actually written like how many years after the death of jesus i mean so many years after jesus um had died were these actually written um and the gospel of john is kind of interesting um i was taught okay i'm not i'm not even gonna go into to that necessarily so if you look at john chapter 10 verse 22 for the most part that's where it talks about Hanukkah. It talks about the um, festival of dedication. Um, and you're going to please, please, I beg you, excuse my throat. I'm going to keep drinking water. I'm actually drinking kombucha at the same time, which is probably not a good idea because it's tea, but 
I'm not drinking a whole lot of it. Um, I'm just trying not to waste what I poured earlier today. So, um, I'll read some of it word for word. Uh, there's about two, three paragraphs here. So if you look at John 10, 22 through 42, um, it's about 20 or so verses that are really compacted with a bunch of stuff, right? But basically the overview of it is during Hanukkah in Jerusalem, um, you know, the disciples of Jesus were... Well, it says the Jews. It doesn't necessarily say disciples specifically. Um, but they were kind of asking him, like, hey, like, why are you, like, keeping us in suspense? Like, can you just tell us, like, are you the Messiah? And Jesus gives a comment, you know, a remark, um, saying that, you know, you know, you see my works. And, you know, you guys still don't believe me, um, what I say, and, you know, he, he doesn't only say or seem to allude to, you know, he doesn't necessarily say, oh yes, I'm the Messiah. He doesn't say that. He kind of goes this other direction, which is something that I never really noticed. Um... He doesn't only kind of allude to, okay, my works pretty much show that I'm the Messiah, but you guys aren't believing that there. And in addition to that, I'm the Son of God, and, you know, God and I are one, you know, um, pretty much. And that's a whole, like, I mean, the Messiah is one thing. That's already a touchy enough subject with most, most, you know, Bible reading people. Um, and if you want to count Muslims in here too, um, the idea of a Messiah is already, it's already something that's like a completely different idea um like if you look at jews christians muslims you know all three groups are saying different things about this messiah idea you know and about jesus in general um but at the time of the bible you know when you're reading these new testament stories in the bible especially in the gospels everybody at this point is pretty much jewish they're either jewish or they're a Gentile, meaning that they're not Jewish, they might, I don't know when they first started becoming called Christians, I thought that happened in the book of Acts, and that Christian was used as more of a derogatory term, I don't know the exact term, if it was in Greek, or if it was from the Romans, or what language the term was in, but, um, you know, Christian was not necessarily like like it is today. It's kind of like a like it's almost like a repurposed term or like a term that like people kinda of take back, you know. Um 
almost like, you know, if you think about like in the 80s or the 70s, somebody called you a geek. That was not like a good thing. Um, But now people say like, oh, like I'm geeking out on this or like, you know, or, you know, who are those rappers Uh, like Soldier Boy and some of those guys? They would use terms like geeked out, you know, like it's like, you know, and then people kind of use it as like, you know, certain types of hobbies and interests that they have. They're kind of like proud of it, you know, it's like, you know, and kind of same thing with like in the LGBT community. If you take words like dyke, now you you can't really just like go around calling somebody a dyke, like that's not really going to work, but there are plenty of people I know who identify themselves as dykes, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like they've, they've taken back the term. Um, I don't know if I would say it's the same thing in the, you know, African-American community where people call themselves the N-word or, like, call others of their friends the N-word, kind of, like, out of love and respect or you know it's kind of a I don't know but it you can see what I mean like people use terms differently like there's sometimes a time where it's like the term is used as something derogatory against a group of people or against a type of people and then later on in history sometimes people just start taking on the word it's like well if they're gonna call me this anyways you know um I just accept the identity go with it and then it just starts becoming more of a common term or just like only certain people can use it you know like not everybody can go around calling everybody the n-word and it is a controversial word it's not i'm not saying like you know i'm a black person i i i don't call people that but i i know people who do call each other that it's like i don't know what to say i'm just like okay um um, but I, you can kind of tell if somebody's saying it in a certain way versus in a different kind of way. Um, some terms are like that. So when it comes to Christian, you know, the term Christian, some, you know, kind of like that. Um, I think the reason why I need to mention that, though, is because with Christianity, with the word Christian... A lot of times, the people reading the New Testament, for the most part, are Christian people. Um, You know, um, there are certain groups of Christians that are, you know, that do practice a lot of Jewish, you know, commandments, um, biblical commandments that were given to the Jews. But they would identify themselves as Christians. Um, there's a group called Jews for Jesus that is controversial. I think, I think, the way I understand it, man, is that they are Jewish people who believe in the New Testament and Jesus as the Messiah. But I don't really know um, 
they believe in the New Testament and Jesus as the Messiah, but I don't, I don't really know. Um, um, I don't know what, what Jewish people think of them. I don't know if, I mean, they're still Jewish, like, biologically. You can't, like, undo the Judaism part. You can't undo being Jewish. Um, you're Jewish because you were born Jewish. Unless you convert into the religion, then you, like, convert out. You can't, like, undo being born Jewish. Um, but, you know, when we look at Jesus, the Jews that Jesus is talking to, the disciples of Jesus, these people are Jewish. They're all Jewish. All of them are Jewish. They're not necessarily Christian. Um, sorry, my throat's acting crazy. <clears throat> so, yeah. That's my weird little rant about all that, but, um, um, so basically what happens is, you know, the Jews want to stone Jesus for making the comment, uh, and Jesus is kind of like, why are you going to stone me, you know, for the works that I did, you know? Like, he, it's just kind of like, that's a weird question. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I can't tell if it's like, is it a joke? Is it like, he's, is he acting oblivious? Is he joking? I mean, he knows. Okay, think of it this way. Those of you who grew up, who grew up in the church, right? Think of it this way. You grew up in the church, right? If you said exactly the things that Jesus said, right? If you, as a church member, right? And, you know, if people decided we're gonna, well, in today's day and age, in most churches, they don't really just, like, start killing people. But let's make it more modern. You're going to get excommunicated for saying things like you're the Messiah, for saying things like you're God. Um, people at the least are going to call you crazy and weird. People at the most are not going to really want you to be around. And especially if you're a leader, a teacher, in his case, a rabbi with disciples, you know, you've got a standing in the community, you are in the temple, you're not just in any random local synagogue, you're in the actual temple, saying all this stuff. And we don't even have anything like that. It would be, <coughs> excuse me, it would almost be like, I don't know. I don't know if the Vatican is considered like a holy place for all Christians. 
I know it has to do a lot with, with like, Catholicism and the Pope. But I don't think all Christians would be like, oh, how did you say this at the Vatican, you know? But I don't know. If it was just like a really nice big church or something, it's really popular. Uh, maybe that would be sort of equivalent. And you're saying this to the Pope or something? Or to a group of different priests or something? I mean, <clears throat> we all know that wouldn't go over well. People would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you saying? What are you talking about? This isn't going to work. You can't can't say stuff like that, you know? But let's look at what Jesus actually said. And I'm going to have to turn off my fan because it's making me cough. Alright, let's see if this helps. I took some homeopathic cough syrup called Chestol. And I'm talking into a mask. Mostly kind of helps to have the warm air back on my throat. I've mostly got this issue with the back of my throat. But let's see if I can get through this. So, okay, so. You have, in verse 22, the mention of the Festival of Dedication. That's referring to Hanukkah. Taking place in Jerusalem. Um, and Jesus was in the temple in Jerusalem. In verse 23, and then in verse 24, the Jews come to ask him, you know, tell us plainly if you're the Messiah, kind of thing. Jesus, a literal answer, I want to read his quote. Um, in verse 25, I have told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. That's Jesus' response to 
are you the Messiah? Tell us plainly. And so, like I mentioned before, he doesn't just say, he doesn't say, I am the Messiah. He doesn't say, yes, I am the Messiah. He talks about um, that he has told them and they don't believe. And he talks about his work, his works. And he talks about um, a lot of things there. You know, the sheep and eternal life. The sheep recognizing his voice. <coughs> and yeah, so and then saying that the father and I are one. And when the Jews get mad, in verse 31, about to stone him, the reply of Jesus is, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which of these are you going to stone me? And the Jews basically say they're not going to stone him because of the works, they're going to stone him because he's making himself to be God. This is where it gets even more interesting. Mm. Okay. So he says... Um... In verse 34, Jesus' response to that was, Is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. And in verse 35, If those to whom the word of God came were called gods, and the scripture cannot be annulled, can you say, that the one whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world is blaspheming because I said, I am God's Son. Now, I've usually heard that text as a response to people saying the teaching <coughs> that they are teaching that you know that that Jesus is God as in a third of the Trinity because the Holy Spirit would be 
the other portion of the Trinity and the Father, the other portion. So, yeah, I kind of had to let that one sink in because <clears throat> that's some. That's something that I'm not sure. Um, I'm just not sure. Like, I'm not saying. Just the way he's saying that doesn't sound like he's saying. You know, there's a this is a Trinity thing. I. And I'm not 100% sure why he quotes that in the response to being the Messiah. I'm not 100% sure about that. Because <coughs> he tends to interpret that passage as, first of all, your law, you know, the law of um, or in the law, so the law or your law, talking to the Jews saying this, the Jews were talking to him, he's Jewish too, but he's talking to the Jews, responding to them. Just that quote, I said you are gods. <clears throat> and just how he says in 35, that the interpretation of that is that Um, that the interpretation of that is that if those to whom the word of God came were called gods, right? So to whom did the word of God come? The word of God came to the Jews, right? So I got a little confused maybe because when I went to look up where that verse was, it's in the book of Psalms. Psalms 82. It's Psalm 82. 6. I say. You are gods. Children of the most high. All of you. And then 7. Nevertheless. You shall die like mortals. And fall like any prince. Now I don't, I don't know that whole. Mm, section of song. Um, but. You know, it says. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. And then, I was not aware, or am not aware, or do not know, as in I really don't know, I'm not saying that, like, I'm criticizing it, I'm just saying, I don't know. Is psalm considered the law? Is psalm considered the law? Or is that 
what uh, what Jesus refers to it as, or at that time was it referred to the law to as the law, um, or is it found somewhere else as well? Uh, like I don't know like every single thing in the Bible, so maybe it says that somewhere else in the Bible too. But. You know, references state that he's quoting that psalm. But then he says, that's what the Jewish law says. You are gods. And that is interpreted as... <coughs> um, the... Scripture calling the people that the word of God came to, calling them gods. And he mentions that the scripture cannot be annulled. Then he goes on to this other confusing portion saying, Can you say that the one whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world is blasphemy because I said, I'm God's son. And he says in 37, if I'm not doing the works of my Father, <clears throat> then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Then they tried to arrest him, basically, but he escaped. So, um... That's the reference to Hanukkah in the New Testament. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, people, people wanting to know is Jesus the Messiah. <clears throat> this conversation is taking place in the temple in Jerusalem during the Hanukkah festival. I don't know what day it was, <clears throat> and I don't know why, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, okay, maybe the reason why they asked him at the temple, while he was at the temple, maybe was because of the purpose of Hanukkah in the first place, was the rededication of the temple after it had been desecrated, basically. Um, <clears throat> and once it got kind of back up to being able to be used, 
I don't know if you would call it kosherly used, but used, again, properly because it was dedicated um, after the, after it was rededicated, you know, because that pig had been sacrificed in the most holy place, I'm pretty sure. I think a lot of other stuff happened too. People getting slaughtered and killed all over the place and all kinds of things happening over there. It needed to be rededicated. This happened... <clears throat> during the time of the revolt of the Maccabees. You can find that story in the Apocrypha. It's not even in the actual Bible scripture. Um, I believe... Let me see. I'm going to have to find out where the laws are about Hanukkah. Because um, all the holidays pretty much have laws to them. All the biblical holidays, anyways. Um, all the ones that Christians celebrate, like, you know, Easter and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, that kind of stuff doesn't have, like, Old Testament, like, laws to it. It's more so traditions. You don't even see those holidays in the Bible. They were kind of modified pagan holidays. Um, with kind of a Christian traditional spin on them. Um, but held on pagan days. Therefore you don't see them in the Bible because they're not Jewish. Um, <clears throat> and during the times of the Bible, people weren't really celebrating those in Judaism. Pagans were celebrating them in their own places. So, that's a whole story for a whole other time. But, um, maybe... Because, you know, Jesus was in the temple, people were expecting, if he's the Messiah, maybe he's going to do something here at the temple. Because it is Hanukkah. Like, it would be, it, like, Hanukkah is the commemoration of the rededication of the temple, where Jesus was at during the story. Later. Like, the rededication had happened, I don't even remember what year, but uh, hundreds of years before, I really can't remember, but um, yeah, so it's just an interesting story, and It says that he was in the portico of Solomon. <coughs> now I'm going to have to look up the significance of that. Or you can look it up. You know, the significance of the, Sol the portico of Solomon. Also called Solomon's portico. People call it that too. 
So that's possibly why they were approaching him, is because he was there. Now, it says he was walking in the temple. It doesn't say he was teaching. But the Jews caught up to him when he was, like, in that area, it seems. So, <coughs> they must have been curious to know, are you about to do something? Are you going to reveal something? Because people were believing in him. You know, they were believing, hey, this is the Messiah. Look at all that he's done. And he assumes to say that he's already told them that he's the Messiah. But he keeps having to repeat himself. That's kind of the impression I get from his answer. And then he talks about his works, and then he goes into this whole thing about him and the father, and the sheep hearing his voice, and all these things. And how people um, could go about understanding, even if they don't, even if they don't understand or believe in him, they should believe in him due to his works, because his works show that he is the Messiah, right? This is his words, not mine. Um, it's all in this, uh, in this book of John here. So, um, but the part they get stuck on is that he's blaspheming for saying that for using that quote, um, saying that he's God, but then he takes it and says that, you know, that the scriptures do say, <coughs> I said you are gods, and we see that in the book of Psalms, Psalms, um, And then, he mentions that the people that the word of God came to were called gods. And then, he kind of questions, like, how am I blaspheming if I say I'm God's son? You know? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm having, like, trouble with the wording, you know? Because it's like, when, when Christians read that, when Christians read that, it's like, I'm God's son. Like, Christians take that literal, you know, God came, impregnated somehow, miraculously, the Virgin Mary, to give birth to Jesus. <clears throat> and...
I mean, Christians do call themselves sons and daughters of God. I've heard that before. But Christians don't state that they were, you know, sons and daughters of God as like a virgin birth. If that makes sense, it's like, it's a different kind of explanation. So when it comes to Jesus saying it, it is a little different. Because, you know, Christians call God the Father too. Jews do too. They probably even say sons and daughters of God. I think they say that too. I don't really know for sure. Um, and, and this is like nowadays though. So back then maybe it just wasn't something you could say. I don't know. I don't know the history of that. But it appears that back then... You couldn't say that you're like a son of God or that God was your father. Um, <clears throat> now, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, So, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, um, our Father, right, referring to God, like nobody's praying to anybody else when they're saying that. So, and that prayer is taken from a shortened version of the Jewish prayer, the Amidah. using that kind of same uh, introductory, our Father. So in prayer it's used, so I don't really know if during this time nobody said that. Nobody called God Father. That doesn't sound accurate. Um, I don't think many people said them and the Father are one, or that they are a God, or they are gods, but yes, when we look in Psalm 82, 6, it says, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you, so... This is lowercase g o d s, not g o d or capital G O D apostrophe s, like ownership. But it's also not capital G O D S. So Children of the Most High 
are God. That's something I've never really thought much into. I've heard different groups say it. I think I think the Mormons are the only group that I can think of that really kind of have that um that you can like become a god or something. I think the first time I heard that I was like that's absurd, you know. Um There's this guy weird weird guy named Lincoln on YouTube his name is his channel is called channel higher self and he often in the meditations that he posts on there it has these quotes that he says <coughs> you are God he says that often very, very, very often. You are God. You hear him say it. I don't know if it's in every episode, but you hear him say it often. Now, I don't know. He said, according to him, he's channeling his higher self. He doesn't seem to be against Jesus. But he channels his higher self. And according to him, his higher self gives him this information. And he speaks about it. He talks to um, he talks to everybody about it, saying, you know, whatever he's challenging for the day, like challenging negative thoughts or something. Pretty positive information. Kind of weird. It's kind of weird to listen to sometimes. He often says that you are God. And I try to listen to stuff even if I think it's weird. That I think is real weird. But I like it because it's positive. So I'm like, okay. I don't listen to it all the time, but I listen to it in like 10, 20, 30 minute segments sometimes. It can be like three hour long episodes sometimes. One hour, two hour long sometimes. And when he says that, I'm usually kind of like, eh, it's a little cringe. You know, I was definitely taught not to think that way. Um, you know. And I think it's also hard for people of our modern society to really take hold of an idea of having a father or parent who is a king. It, like in today's day and age, it's not even like the president. Like it's not the same thing. Kings have so much power. And if you're a prince or a princess, meaning that you're the son or daughter of a king, queen, <coughs> you have so much power and standing in society. 
you know, you really do. I feel one thing about religion is that a lot of people are taught to learn to look down on themselves, taught to disrespect themselves, taught to have shame about every single thing under the sun that they're not perfect with. But you're rarely told, you know, hey, like, hold your head high, you know. Like, God's your father and the king, and you are a god, or you are a prince or a princess. You're not usually taught to think like that. You're usually taught to think you're, like, some lowly, despicable sinner. Um... You can never do anything right, and even everything you try to do right is never going to be right enough. And so I think in Christianity, people do develop like this inferiority complex. And I think that's kind of the issue that people had with Jesus is that he did not have that, you know. Whatever people threw at him or tried to kill him or tried to stone him or arrest him, charge him with blasphemy, chase him out of town, he'd just come back, you know, and be like, I know all this stuff, you know. I'm literally quoting from your own scriptures, so what are you going to do? You know. And... I'm holding myself high. Now, if you're the Messiah, of course you can do that. But, I mean, if you're the Son of God, born through a miraculous virgin birth, I mean, yeah, you can do that. But, in their society, he was supposed to be seen as someone who... Like, they don't, they don't, there are theories that state that people might not have believed in the virgin birth. Um, <coughs> this cough is getting worse. That you know, there's this book by Bruce Chilton that talks about, and it's called Rabbi Jesus, and it talks about the potential historical upbringing that if people didn't believe he was born of a virgin, because remember, when he was going to be born, you know, um, they wanted to kill Mary. Uh, Joseph didn't want her to get killed, so he was trying to leave her quietly <clears throat> to avoid her dying when she was found to be pregnant. I mean, it's that serious. You don't just get pregnant like that, you know, in that society. But even today, there's still a taboo, you know. 
I know people that I know, you know, when they got pregnant, they felt guilty about it. I don't think they should have, but they have a beautiful family, beautiful children, but I know they felt guilty about it. They felt like they did something bad or wrong. Because they got pregnant accidentally without getting married. Um, you know, and I've seen how people even in modern days feel about that, and you don't even get killed about it, you know? Let me take that back. In modern day Western America, you don't get killed for it. But... In Jesus' time, you get killed for that. And, you know, I don't know why, you know, the man who impregnates the woman doesn't get punished. It's always the woman, but that's another story for another day. But, <coughs> That's kind of one aspect that I notice is that you know the Jews, the religious leaders probably weren't too happy with Jesus, you know, holding himself so high. Now I don't know if he was saying you are gods and reminding of that verse in Psalms to try to like help the people feel uplifted or if it was just like you don't know your scriptures the scriptures literally say that therefore why can't I say it because even today you know in Christian society you don't hear people saying oh yeah I'm a god you know not like seriously anyways people don't say that you know, um, they don't treat themselves like that. Internally, mentally, people beat themselves up over everything. So, you know, I don't know if it was a, in a form of empowerment. Because I've even, like, when I listened to that guy, Lincoln, uh, the weird guy, I kind of feel like he talks about so much positive stuff. And even though I do feel like it's a little cringe when he says, you are, you are God. Um, <coughs> it's cringe, but it doesn't make you feel bad, you know. It's nice food for thought, at the least. Like, hmm, that would be nice if I was, like, somebody, you know, somebody important. Even if nobody really knew who I was, but it's like, okay, if I was somebody pretty important, that would be pretty cool, you know? 
so you know I think most religious groups want to kind of put people down not really lift them up or teach them how to uplift themselves and teach that they need to feel bad otherwise you would never come back to the service because the service is what's supposed to make you feel kind of good but then all week you learn to kind of like make yourself feel bad for all the mistakes and i'm not saying that's bad either and it really depends on the mistakes too it's like if you're running around like cussing out your family and stuff like beating people up it's like yeah maybe you need to look at that that's not good you know but if it's like you know you swore or muttered under your breath when somebody cut you off and now you're going to beat yourself up for that all day because you kind of got angry a little it's like you're not really hurting anybody but yourself at that point um <coughs> Or breaking some rule. You're like, oh. I, I ate that non-traditional thing. Or drank that non-traditional thing. That the religion teaches me not to drink or eat. Or didn't keep a certain day holy. Or accidentally used profanity. Or accidentally made a mistake, basically. And, you know, how often do people just let that go? Learn from it, let it go, move on. You know, people beat themselves up over for years. Over stuff they did when they were 8 years old, 13 years old, like whatever, you know? You can be 50 and still thinking about stuff you did in your teens. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, that's, in a way, it's good, but it's like, if you really thought of yourself highly, you'd probably treat yourself a little different internally, too. And I don't know if that's what Jesus was getting at. It would be cool if he was just like, I can say I'm God. You're called gods in the Bible. Children of the Most High. Think about it, you know. Maybe he was saying it in that way, like, Look highly upon yourself. Not like in a stuck up way, but in a healthy way. You know, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was defending his term, his, uh, his, um, phrasing of things. Maybe that's just literally what it was. Whenever I read that in the past, that's always what I thought was, oh, he's defending himself, you know? Maybe he wasn't defending himself. What if he was lifting other people up, you know? You know, saying, like, children of the Most High, you are gods. The Bible says it in Psalms. I mean... Even if the Bible does say it in Psalms, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Because I was taught not to think that way. You know? So. But on Hanukkah, Jesus said it. So. It's kind of interesting that 
you know, your body is called a temple in the, in the, <coughs> in the Bible. You're taught to refer to your body as a temple. You know, maybe that's one way to rededicate your body as a temple is to treat yourself good. Maybe, question mark, you know. Um, I mean, I've never really looked into this this way or thought about it this way up until literally, as I'm talking about it now, I'm coughing all the way through this COVID symptom stuff, but maybe that's what it is, you know? Lift yourself up, you know? Treat yourself good. Rededicate your temple. It's Hanukkah. Your body is a temple. Rededicate it. You know, take an eight-day period of, you know, festival to rededicate yourself, you know, because you are somebody. Maybe that's what Jesus was saying. I don't know. Yeah, I was always just thinking, oh, he's defending what he was saying. They asked him, he asked him, why are you stoning me? Because of, why are you going to stone me? Because of the works I did? And they're like, no, because you called yourself God. And you're blaspheming. And he's like, it's in your law, it's in your book. That, you know, you're called gods. But then he takes it another step and says, you know, if you're called gods, why can't I call myself the son of God? You know, and, you know, if the people who are, who are given the word of God are called gods, why can't Jesus call himself the son of God? Why can't we call ourselves that? Because I, I hear people say it. They say the our father and things like that. They refer to God as king. And if God's a king and your father, then you have a pretty high standing, do you not? That's just how it works. Think of movies that you watch. Um, what was that movie? Henry. Think of other shows, like the that series about... Um, uh, Uh, like Vikings Valhalla. Think of fiction, all kinds of stuff with kings and queens. Game of Thrones. You see what, is, what the kings and queens are like. They get mad at somebody off with your head. You know? What's his freaking face? What was that kid's name? Joffrey? In Game of Thrones? He was a prince. Spoiler, became a king. He was a little twerp. That guy, you know, could get away with anything. I'm not saying, you know, if you're, if you're to think of yourself as a high position, you know, just go around, like, wreaking havoc on, like, everything and everybody. But if you were to think of yourself as, as highly as, like, royalty... 
versus just like a nobody who can never do anything right and every day I'm failing every day I'm one step closer to hell I mean like that's no way to live and think like that it's not gonna help you you know but I don't know um this is all just I'm literally pulling this out of my whatever you know it's just coming to me on the fly you know I decided to read something and try to talk about it and see what came out of it it's a new year it's another Hanukkah maybe you know think about it though I mean I, I feel like that's valid food for thought you know rededicate yourself think of yourself highly treat yourself well how would you work if you were a prince or princess or king or queen you know son or daughter of the most high of god like we don't even have that real like real life you know even if you were the president's son or daughter in the u.s you can imagine the education you'd get you know how people would think of you treat you how you'd expect to be treated just because you're the president's kid you know a lot of people didn't grow up with parents who have very prestigious jobs um but those who do have that kind of understanding maybe if you're from a neighborhood that's kind of nice where you will have nice things your parents kind of have money i'm not saying that life is perfect but you're kind of taught to hold yourself a little differently expect different things for yourself you know you're surrounded by people who think that way And, you know, if you if you watch movies and shows where there's kings, queens, think about it. Just, just keep it in the back of your mind. If I were in those positions, if I were their kid, you know, what might it be like to be there? Not their personality that you'd have to deal with the king or the queen if they're crazy or whatever, but, like, what would it be like? What would my life be like compared to all the other people? peasants you know what I mean or compared to all the other people in this uh in this cast uh, of this movie or show what would my what would it be like for me um you know how would I how would I see it How would I see things differently? What lens would I be looking through more differently? People love that movie 300. Remember that movie 300? About the Spartans? Leonidas. The king and how he treated his son. And how the queen, the Spartan woman had all these rights 
and did not let messengers or anybody talk back to her. She knew you know, she was a Spartan woman and a queen. And she knew how to be treated. You know. Even just that mindset, you know, if you think of how powerful that is. You know, just think about it. If you had eight days to re rededicate your mindset and your body to that, that style of thinking. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. But I've talked as much as I can talk today. My throat is literally giving out. Sorry that I'm coughing all the way through these, but it's either I record it coughing or I don't record it, you know? I don't have any other way. And I will not be using AI to <laughs> write it out and like have some robotic voice talk it out to you. But I don't know. It's food for thought. I don't I'm just a regular person. I'm not saying that I know that much more than any other person if you don't like what i have to say or you think it's some kind of weird thing i mean don't you know don't go with it i don't even know what i think about it i just barely thought about this now you know it's never come to my mind before before i started recording this um if i think it's powerful you know it's positive it's it's something to get out of you know, a portion of the year, especially during a year 2023 when it's not a very easy year for a lot of people, financially, emotionally, coming off of a pandemic that sucked and ruined a lot of people's many, many things. And then I sit here with COVID again, you know, just a reminder of what we went through, you know. 2020, 2021, 2022, and then 2023 is like the aftermath of all of that. I mean, who couldn't use a little rededication, you know? Who couldn't use a little bit of a boost? Who couldn't use a little bit of a, you know, even if that's not what this is, you know? Who couldn't use, just in general, trying to have a positive mindset about yourself? And, you know, just, just because we see ourselves one way does not mean that that's accurate. You know? You know, a lot of us have a lot of people out there that love us a lot. And, you know, they can tell you things about yourself that are pretty nice. And it's kind of interesting to hear sometimes what people have to say about you. You're like, you're really good at that, you know? really that's really cool that you're that way or that you have these skills or that you're really interested in that kind of stuff you know i've had friends tell me stuff like that that i'm just like really i mean i've grown up with family members that not all of them but at least one or two who were constantly just trying to tear me down and like tell me every negative thing to this day never once told me any one positive thing ever that's in my head that's what i store in my brain i'm not good enough at this i'm not good enough at that i did this wrong and that wrong and that wrong and this wrong i shouldn't say this i shouldn't say that i shouldn't wear this i shouldn't act like that 
you know, I'm, in, I'm an embarrassment to them because of this. They don't want to be around me because of that. I can tell because they, you know, aren't or whatever. Those people have their own insecurities, their own problems. But that's not all of me. It's easy to store all that information and be like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. Well, if I failed this one thing at one time in life, I'm a failure. If I didn't do good at this, I'm not good at certain things. If I don't have that amount of money or that kind of a relationship or kids or a house or a car or a, anything. If I don't know any any certain types of things that I see everybody else flashing around. Who am I? Like I'm, I'm nobody because I don't have that. It's easy to think that way. It's easy to look around and be like, dang, like, they have it better. Like, look, they have this solid relationship. You know, I've got a lot of friends that are married, have kids, have houses, all this kind of stuff. I've also have a lot of friends who got divorced and lost houses and lost kids and lost parents, unfortunately. And, you know... So, yeah, everybody's got their problems, you know, but I don't think it makes sense to consistently focus on them. Uh, at a certain point, it has to be a focus solely to kind of um, work on it, to lift yourself out of it. And for myself, I do have to remind myself, look, if I'm not actively working on this issue I don't need to be thinking about it because I'm not perfect it doesn't matter I'm not perfect I'm allowed to have problems and mistakes you know you know I'm not perfect and nobody I know is freaking perfect so why should I need to be perfect I can try but I'm not never will be you know but if I'm not going to sit and journal something down or try to actively write into my schedule, okay, if I want to eat better, if I want to treat people better or be nicer or be, you know, more, I don't know, better with my money or whatever it is that people want to do, put it in a schedule, put it in your calendar, start doing it. Don't even wait till New Year's Eve. You know, do it early. Start doing it now, you know? Um, yeah. Alright. That's it for now. When I can record more, I will. I don't know when. This, uh, this is the most I've talked all week, so... And I can definitely tell that my throat is not ready to be podcasting, unfortunately. But I really wanted to put this out. So I hope it's worth it, even with the coughing. Happy Hanukkah, guys. Alright. Enjoy.